All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Wake Up. We're out here in Chicago, so let's give it up to Chicago. Today's topic we're going to be speaking about is women in business, and let's say you had 24 hours to, let's say, even three months to start a business and how to make money. I would say if I was given a female advice, I've been doing a lot of business myself. That's what I do. I'm an entrepreneur. I would start a daycare company. I think it's the easiest thing to do. If you had a basement or something in your house and you had a lot of good connections, you figure you take 10 women that you know that actually have jobs and you, you tell hey, I'll charge you guys 150 a week as opposed to three to $400 in daycare that you guys pay. There you're clearing $1,500 a week. You're taking care of 10 kids and it's good money. I think it's a reasonable way of making money and then building a brand, building a company. Daycare seems to be a very easy thing, I think, to start. A lot of women, though, I do see they start their own nail company, lashes, and, and for say. So, I feel like after COVID, everybody's trying to do like the entrepreneurship, like hustling. Everyone's finding some type of side hustle now, especially women. Yeah, no, and I, I fully agree with you. I mean, if you go in a little more detail of that, what do you mean? Um, like you said, like the nails, the lashes, you know, um, I'm an entrepreneur myself. Um, I opened up a nightclub when I was 26. Um, I used to work in the nightlife, so I kind of took what I knew and I like capitalized off of it and started doing my own thing. You know, I have my own brand. I have a modeling agency. I got a clothing store. And I feel like a lot of these things did stem during COVID. So it's kind of funny. And ever since then, it's just been like ongoing and growing and stuff like that. So what about you, Samir? What do you think for a female? You gave a female advice. I think COVID, you just hit the nail on the head about COVID, because I feel like what COVID showed us was that the dependency of, let's say you worked in nightlife, for example, all of a sudden nightlife has just shut off completely. Like now my, if that's my main source of income, I now have nothing. Right. So the number one thing you always want to teach someone is to be diversified to some certain extent. So if all of a sudden my one source of income is cut, it created this wake up call for people saying, oh shoot, I have to really start marketing myself and doing more things. So I think Attention is the number one source of income now. And I think the way you can leverage attention into the different products. I mean, they're really like, if you look at OnlyFans, if you look at the founder of OnlyFans, I think he made $439 million. And, but he made that because of everyone that leverages his platform and uses it. So I, I see any woman that can create their own brand for themselves, sort of like what you're doing, mm-hmm. build attention for themselves at a certain capacity and start scaling that is probably one of the best ways to do it. So if I'm, you know, I'm not a woman, if I was a woman, I would probably start by building my own brand. <laughs> you, would, you would have OnlyFans, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you more say more to build a following then, right? You don't mean to do an OnlyFans. So, you so won't o- say to- OnlyFans, I think, is one like area of leverage where you can, like we've seen some women that have made upwards of $20 million a year. Like they make more, That's like insane. to give you guys perspective, do any of uh, my girls only fans? Do any of you guys only fans? You do? Well, how's that going for you? Did you um, start during COVID? No, I started about maybe three years ago when I first started. But mine was mainly just for like the same as you said before, the getting the attention or getting the following. I used it for my ex- not explicit content, exclusive content. Uh-huh. Everything and what I do for modeling, not just my favorite three that I post on Instagram. Because you do a lot of stuff as well. I mean, I met her at one of the conventions that I do at one of the cannabis conventions. And we kind of met there and she's like, I'm from Chicago. And, you know, we kind of clicked like that or whatever. And, you know, so I always see her like doing all kinds of stuff. You're a hustler, girl. I got to give it to you. So I love it. Yeah. But I mean, don't you feel like OnlyFans a little like. Your kids see it maybe 10, 20 years down the road or somebody sees it. Where does it, where does that line draw morality a little bit? Or See, that's exactly why I have exclusive content, not explicit content. I have a 10-year-old daughter. So okay. So if it. she would see it. I, yeah, know. exactly. And for me, like, I don't even do anything like that. That's, I mean, all my stuff is very tasteful art or 
almost nudist, but it wouldn't be anything you can physically see. It's nothing explicit that would harm my reputation. That's pretty cool, though. And you make money off of that. That's it's smart. Art to me. Yeah. To me, it's art. Modeling has always been an art form for me, just like dancing and everything else that I do, which is exactly why I capitalize off of everything I do. I've always worked at least five jobs. I'm a true Jamaican in that sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to you, She's the beauty and right? the beast. Yeah, I, can't, I can't stay in one spot too long. I go crazy. Yeah. So I always have to keep working. But that's exactly why I do have very big morals when it comes to something like that. I don't like being explicit. I'm exclusive. So help me get that following to help sure. me find more work in modeling. I, I mean, sure men, I men, when we think only fans, we think like you're, oh, you're kind of like a bust down. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, OK, well, I can pay her to do whatever I want. People, you know, yeah. like we don't so we we assume it with it. We don't know that side of yeah. like, OK, it's art. It's this and just that. like being a stripper, you know? you know, same thing. Guys are bartender, nightlife women. I think women in nightlife in general, you know, I feel like guys are always going to look at it like, oh, money can buy that. I just feel like because they see you like dressed half naked and stuff like that, it's kind of like a target on your back where people, they stereotype you into this category. The way that I look at it is if I look at someone like Kim Kardashian, for example, obviously she had this infamous situation that happened with Ray J and that was sort of some sort of claim to fame for her. So for me, I actually take a little bit of an unorthodox approach. And if that's how you're starting out, you know, I don't judge anyone's starting factor or what they need to do. I think it's more of like the longevity of it. Like, if I'm going to put myself in that situation... What are you going to do with it? Yeah, and look, if I plan to have kids and someday that you know my kids are going to see this, it's am I doing it for a long time or am I doing it enough in a situation where I can create meaningful wealth and potentially generational wealth for my family, well, which is why I'm okay with the potential near-term sacrifice. Unless you're doing it for like 10 or 15 years and it's like mm-hmm. everything everywhere. But there's, it's a balance. There's a act. line. Yeah. There's a fine line. And what about Elena? What do you think? Um... I would just say consistency would be my one key. I'm looking into opening up my own businesses. I haven't done any yet, but one thing I have read and like a bunch of motivational speakers, they say consistency because you're going to fall. You're going to mess up. You're going to have ideas that don't work. Yeah, I feel like Instagram and TikTok and all those, when you watch those motivational things, they're selling you a dream that like... I don't think so. 90% of businesses fail. A lot of them don't make money. And if you've never been in business... As Diamond says before, and I've heard it out of a lot of other people's mouths that I know, hey, I know you do business because you say they eat first, then I eat last. What that means is you eat last. You pay everybody first, you get paid last. It's kind of how it works. And if you can't really make that sacrifice, you shouldn't be in business. And You know what? It's trial and error, and I give credit to anyone even trying. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's consistency. But the platforms now are selling a dream that's unreachable. You're not going to make 20 to $50 million in two years doing nails and lashes. I mean, you're not going to open up a huge nail brand. You're not going to... That stuff is just like... Definitely fake marketing. There's a lot of fake marketing going on. There's a lot of fake dreams getting sold. There's... It's hard they make to hit it a million. Easy. They so make it look easy. They do. That's right? the thing. Yeah. You see the cars, you see the houses, you see the stuff, and you're like, oh, I could start my own thing too. Or this lady makes 50 million doing OnlyFans. Go ahead, start OnlyFans. You'll get maybe like three people in the beginning. Like, it's kind of like, I feel like that's how it is. It always is. And then it's a big time consistency. You know, you got to do it long term to gain a following. And they're saying now a following might be worth more than money in the next 10 years. Yeah, I think, I mean, at some point, you also have to be realistic with the expectations. Aside from social media, like the comment there about the nail salon, like getting to this idea of 50 million, 
if you just look at like economies of scale, there's no way one nail salon will ever get you even close to five or 10 million, right? Like at some point you, you have to look and be like, okay, the reason someone made 20 million on OnlyFans is because maybe they had an audience of one to 2 million. The same logic goes with nail salons. Like someone might start that, they might fail six months later or another COVID happens and now they got to go get a loan and oh shit, I don't have the cash. I don't have this. What am I going to do now? But economies of scale says if I have 50 nail salons or 100 nail salons or 200 nail salons, maybe then I can start making 10 million. But then people also forget is just because something works in one area, the number one thing people forget to understand is it doesn't mean it's going to work in other areas. Like if you study actual economics, it's a time and tested concept of like something might work in a certain demographic, a certain area, like something might work in this suburb. And it might not work in Los Angeles. All of a sudden. So people forget that. But that's why creating your own personal brand as a woman today, I think attention is the number one source of income still. I'm not being political of which place the attention goes. But if you can meaningfully create attention for yourself, it's cheap. There could be potential to start exploring and testing. Branding yourself is free. Yeah. I really, really capitalize yeah. off my name and being woman-owned, Latina-owned. I represent everything that I yeah. do in that sense. And it works for me like a fucking charm. Yeah. You know, I made it work for me, and it's literally like that plus the personality plus the hustle, and it comes together, and you create a fucking monster. You know, literally, literally. (laughs) Even if you look at like some of the, even from the stripper perspective, like I've heard of these strippers on Wall Street that ended up connecting with all these investment bankers, and all of a sudden they go and join them and help them raise capital and do, you know, something called a concept called assets under management. So, there's so many ways to leverage. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone tells you. You have to have a network if you want to build big enough. And like, I feel like it's easy because men are so thirsty. Is what's interesting. Men are like so interested in getting attention from women to a level that women can leverage that in a certain way. Yeah, I, I think to a point. But I mean, also sometimes I would generally say if I say what's on your mind, I'll go back. Say it. Say it. Get it out. I mean, you're not bringing a freaking stripper with you to a business meeting. I'm not doing it. She, I got her. I went to the strip club last night and I got her number and I brought her to a business meeting. It's unlikely. You know, we're selling that lady's getting a dream, you know, because I they're not educated enough to come to a business meeting. I don't think he means like he picked them up from yeah. the strip store. I just think. Like, no, no, I, I get what he means. Yeah. Money. So they have like nothing to do with that money. And they're looking for people who know and have it's that knowledge fine. to invest in. And that's what makes them get into that capital. So, no, no, I, I get what you're saying with that. But I'm just saying I'm not taking a stripper with me to a business meeting. She's going to look. I think that I, I get what you're saying. And I think that's like the extreme variance of it. What I'm really saying is if you look at any business, how do like how does any business make money? Any business? Investors. No, not investors. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm asking. I don't know. No, I mean, customers. Yeah, yeah, customers. You need to have customers. And how do you get customers? It's either marketing sales or you have to raise and like or labor yeah you got or labor, in the labor or, market. or you got to but you got contracts like, yeah if you look at traditional even the finance world study if you look at all these hedge funds all these investments the way they get money is they have to raise assets in a way what does a stripper do at a strip club for that strip club like they're raising assets because they're creating that attention at scale so i'm saying if you can identify in situations if, if i know hey i'm a really good stripper meaning i know how to get attention i know how to have all the guys want to talk to me that night. Yeah. Those skills are transferable. I'm not going, I, I get what you're saying. No, but, no, I agree. Yeah. They have the theory of a hundred thousand. If I gave everybody in this room a hundred thousand, most of you guys would be broke in a year and I can guarantee you, you'd all be broke. Who's it's, most of you guys? Said most of you guys. It's a general, well, that's rude. It's a general question. It's a general, my general view. <laughs> they have that in a book. It's the rule of a hundred thousand. If I give each you guys a hundred thousand, a lot of you guys have never seen that kind of money. Some of you guys go buy cars, you pay off bills, you go buy a house. There goes that hundred thousand. You're broke. And then you have these assets that you can't really pay. And that's the rule of 100,000. It's, 
if you've never seen money it's, it's, like that, it's, it's money you've never managing. seen money like that. Yeah, I feel like it's not everyone knows how to manage the money is is, is the right problem. No, you can go broke. You can easily go broke. 100%. You see big a million companies, dollars ain't shit. Yeah, to be honest, I'm just saying it. You know, you have to look how to Nowadays, how to generate so how to generate revenue. There. I agree with you, but I'm just telling you, it's all about how you generate revenue. Like he said, if you're the best stripper in the house, I mean, you probably make like four or five thousand dollars a night. I would I would suggest if you're the best stripper or two thousand a night. I don't I don't know, but I'm Sounds just saying it's, it's it's good it's good money, right? I mean, have any any guys stripped before? Right? No. No. Any of you guys before? I have for a very short amount of time, and I would say that's not for me. But I do work in the nightlife. I'm a bartender. Okay. And. I would own a bar like Diamond has done it before and like, you know, not to be a fan or nothing, but I've always been inspired by her. It does take a lot, though. You do need to have a following. You do need to have that word of mouth. You need to have that way of speaking, that way of making people see you, hear you and want to be next to you, you know. So I think it's all about your presence, too, and how you carry yourself out here in these streets as well, because if you carry yourself. There's more nurses Fucking than strippers. I'll tell you that. That's you know, true. the nurse is going to give it up quicker than the stripper. Because the stripper true. wants the money. You know yeah, you got saying? your like, pockets first, right? Yeah. You know, so that's fa- and then you said that. You- I just feel like I'm so about women empowerment that, you know, I feel like I don't degrade women for, what, for doing what they got to do. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like do it respectfully, do it discreetly, do what you got to do. Like, you know, I'm all about women. And that's why I started a modeling agency, you know, to uplift these women and give them inspiration and see, you know, like. If they could do it, I could do it as well. You know, I could do it, they could do it. So, yeah, no, I, I agree to a point, but like, it's not true. That fact, what you just said, I, if I can do it, they could do it. No, it's, it's, really well, not. if they have the hustle, I'm just they saying, have the like, drive. Some, some women have kids at home. I, I can't make it in today. I got to take care of my kids. Or so some women have to do this. Like, other people take other priorities over their business and then they wonder why they don't make it's money in their business. It's not for everybody. Well, that's it's not when you're for saying everybody. I'm correct. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It's not she can do it, I can do it. No, it is. I think it's more putting that business first. If you want to make money, you put it first. And then you got to kind of distance yourself. That's what I believe. Distance yourself from everybody. You almost go cold turkey. And what I mean by that is just my own personal experience. I cut off people for four or five years because I was in the art of making money. And you have to because you can't, oh, my brother needs money or my sister-in-law or this person needs a loan or this here. No, if you're in the art of building, stay building and cut everybody off. And I promise you in four or five years, they still are going to need money from you. But now you have it and now you can help. Now you're an asset to your family, to whatever it is. That's a bigger thing. You built that generational wealth for yourself and now you can help. But when you're grinding and getting up there, I remember myself first starting. It was either me buying a truck or giving this person money so they could go buy something that they needed. I went and bought my truck. You know, I, I went. You put took, yourself you, you got to really put yourself first in a business. And then that business Amen. is a little baby, too. You got to it's it becomes another aspect and you got to take it that way. Like, hey, this is this and this is its own self. Like it's uh, like just Chris. OK, Chris is my business. Chris is one year old. Now he's two years old. Now he's three. It's really that's how you have to do in business. He needs this. He needs insurance. He needs to take care of this. He needs workman's comp. He needs this. And then you have to distance yourself because you got to give all your money to what your baby. Right. It's essentially the same thing. Well, you know, something that I've always said is you can't, you know, fill someone else's cup if yours is half full. And I feel like that was my biggest downfall, you know, when I first started really hustling and making money. You know, I always wanted to take care of everybody around me because I knew what it felt like to not have shit. Doesn't it feel when anybody starts making a lot of money or doing anything, you 
those hands come out like, hey. Yeah. yeah, you know, but you got, like you said, put yourself first. You're 100% right, you know, and you're an entrepreneur and you're successful at what you do. So anybody listening should definitely take your advice because I agree. And I didn't. I wouldn't have agreed to this a few years back. But it took a lot of trial and error and seeing that people, you know, they're not in it for the long run. They want some quick shit, you know. So if you're looking for longevity, you can't take care of everybody if you're not in the position to do that. $100,000 ain't shit. <laughs> I mean, Samir, what do you think? You've seen bigger companies go down. and Well, number one, the statistic you brought up, 90% of businesses fail. And I think it's actually a lot higher for startups. Startups meaning like it's a really fresh new business. I think it's almost 98%, but you got to fact check that. But the number one, I think you need to have build a team. Like if you want to scale anything meaningful to your point, like past like a million of annual recurring revenue, you have to build a team. You know that you built your company as big as you've built it. You have a lot of people that are part of that scaling. But for me, I think like, a lot of people don't want to put in the initial sacrifice and work. And I mean, does anyone here know who Dave Grutman is? No. When's the last time you guys have been to Miami? Anyone? Just recently. Last week. What was one of the nightclubs you were at? I usually work at 11, Club Space, Bioli. So if you look at places like Bioli, if you look at places like Live, if you look at Komodo, the sushi place, Dave Grutman owns all these. And Dave Grutman's, oh. prob- Dave Grutman's probably worth over $250 million, But at, at 26 years old... He was bartending at a, not even in like South Beach, not even in Miami, but at an hour out from Miami at some mall and he was bartending. But the thing is, most people in our generation now don't have that same willpower to suffice and say, hey, I'm going to go do that at 26. I'm going to drive an hour out from Miami and go freaking bartend. But we don't have that hustle culture in us anymore. And I see it, men and women. Mm -hmm. But like even now in this culture, I've seen a lot with women too, that they just want a lot of the stuff handed to them. And that's no disrespect. It's just like what I've seen built on this notion. And it's like, do you want to take that sacrifice to do that? It goes back to your point. So if you're willing to take that sacrifice and willing to like humble in that process, I think you can be successful. I feel like guys make it so accessible though, because there's, they want to be tricks. It's almost like the stuff you're flashing and the stuff you're showing off. It's like, you want to give it away, you know? And it's like, you can't expect these women that are out here like working, you know, like if you're willing to hand it to them, they're going to take it, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah, to a point, some guys, yeah, some guys, no, no, yeah. but I feel like some of these guys, that's the what they're showing off. They can do the right. They're flexing, right? You know, yeah. so. Like they, got it they flex you to get with you like that. But general, I mean, that's, he's not going to technically help you in business if he's showing off all his stuff. He might have nothing. A lot, if you're, a lot of yes. people wear their money, right? And you say, what's going on with that? But, you know, I appreciate you guys here being on this episode of Wake Up. We're going to be wrapping up. Thank you guys so much and tune in next time. Thank you.